0: There are certain conversations that are placed in your psyche, and they are embedded there, and they never, ever leave you. On Mother's Day, uh, there's a a tendency for all of us to remember some of those conversations with our moms or with our children. uh, For me, one of them took place in August of 1976. I was an 18-year-old kid getting ready to leave Mississippi and drive to some place called Anderson, Indiana to attend college and, and launch out into my future. It was not unusual in my family for us to have conversations. It was not unusual in my family for us to have prayer. But, but on this particular day, uh, it, was, it was strikingly unusual that instead of my father, the pastor, praying the prayer, my mother decided that she was going to pray the prayer and she was going to have the conversation. And I, to this day, remember the way that she prayed for me, the way that she she pleaded with God to take care of her oldest child who was going 750 miles away and prayed one of those prayers where God was the audience, but Carrie was also the audience. And, and the words that she was praying were, were to God, but they were also to me as her eldest child leaving home for the first time. I've thought a lot about that prayer this week. My mother's been with the Lord several years now. But, I, but I've thought about it from the standpoint of the way that Jesus prayed for the disciples in John chapter 17. Because there's a, a place in this prayer where where Jesus is praying to the Father. But in praying to the Father, he's, he's also letting us know exactly where his heart is, and his heart is for his children. But the memory I'm taking with me, the memory I want to encourage you to take with you today, is a memory where the very Son of God, Jesus the Christ, prayed for you and me in the same way that a parent prays for a child And he voiced it in front of the disciples. Listen to what he said. I am praying for them, Father. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. All mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. On that August day in my 18th year, the things that my mother said to me in her prayer for me were things that, that had to do with who I was and, and whose I was. It, it, It was a moment in our family where everything changed. The dynamic changed. Our our family would never be the same again because we had always been the five of us, my parents, my two brothers, myself. Wherever we moved, wherever we lived, there was a closeness. There was a connectedness among us, and that would never be the same because while I would always come home, I was leaving their presence. And on that day, as my mom prayed for me, one of the things that she wanted me to understand was just how much she loved me and what I meant in her life. As Jesus is praying for the disciples, as he's talking to his heavenly father on the night before he's about to lay down his life as a sacrifice for all of us, He lets them know how much he loves them. And by by reference, not just the people in the room that night, but also you and me and all of us who through the centuries have have come to know who God really is through Jesus Christ. And in the process, he he lets us know about how much his love provides for us. On this Mother's Day, I I, want to encourage you to understand that that whether your earthly mother was one who who helped provide well for you, who cared for you, or whether, whether you grew up without a mom, or whether you have felt the wrath of an abusive mom or a dysfunctional family, I want you to know that the God of the universe loves you and that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, regardless of your circumstance, to let you know that you are loved and that his love, his love provides for us. See, Jesus' love provides a wholeness in our lives, a wholeness that that quite honestly leads to a oneness there's a lot of talk these days amidst the COVID-19 uh, shelter-in-place rules that are now beginning to open up from state to state and county to county and location to location. Uh, there's a lot of hashtag better together. Uh, there's a whole lot of, of, of uh, inference for our world that that in the response to this Virus that we are better when we do this together and when we consider each other, and that is true. There is nothing wrong with that emphasis, except it misses one thing it's the one thing that Jesus was talking about with his disciples. Because you see, in Jesus' framework, our unity, our better togetherness, wasn't based on our response to a common enemy. (laughs) It was not based on our response to, to dire circumstances and, and the human need to, to band together to face the adversity. No, no, no. No, what Jesus is saying is that our oneness with each other, our togetherness with each other, our unity with each other is the result of our wholeness in God. See, it is it is Jesus who loves us enough to, to die on a cross for us. It is Jesus who loves us enough to, to promise to send his spirit to be with us when he physically has left the earth to be in the heavens with our heavenly Father. And he modeled the oneness for us and the wholeness for us in his relationship with God the Father. L- listen to it again. He says, I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me that they may be one, even as we are one. He he says the reason we can be one is because we have experienced his love. We have experienced his grace. We have experienced his mercy. We have experienced God himself in Jesus Christ taking our brokenness and making us whole. That's the root for a a word we use in the church called holiness, holiness. I know over the years that that word has taken on some different meanings. Uh, People use holiness to talk about people who think they're holier than thou or that they have all the rules or they know everything and they're perfect. And and that's not the root of holiness. That's a misinterpretation. See, the, the root of holiness is wholeness. And wholeness is only possible when you are living the way you were created to live In spite of your failure, in spite of your heartache, in spite of your difficulty, you were created to live in a relationship with God. And what Jesus came to show you and me is that God wants that relationship with us. And that he came to make us whole. He came to to heal the wounds. And it's only in the wholeness, only when we individually have, have this relationship with God through Jesus Christ in the power of his Holy Spirit, that oneness is ever available with the people around us. Unity is not the result of uniform thinking. It's not the result of of agreement to disagree. (laughs) No, no. Unity, unity can't even come from the human spirit. Not true Unity. True unity only comes from the wholeness of a life filled by God through Jesus Christ. Healed, redeemed, set free, recognizing the same wholeness in another who has also found wholeness in the Christ, in the love of Jesus, in God the Father. The prayer that Jesus is praying for the disciples is not that there would be some kind of human agreement to everybody agree to disagree and everybody just all get along together. No, no. What, what Jesus is praying for is that we would know him in the same way that he has known the Father. Did you hear the words? Father, keep them in your name, in your personhood, in your identity, which you gave to me so that I could show them that they may be one as we are one. Our oneness, our unity, our togetherness is the result of our experience of the love that God provided in Jesus Christ. And just like a mother praying for her children, Jesus is praying for all of his children. And that includes you. So that on this Mother's Day, we get beyond the nostalgia and beyond the the tears of memory and even the joys of memory. And we get to the place where we understand we are loved deeply by the one who knows us best. And that love that, that love that makes us whole, that love that, that creates a wholeness in us, that allows us to, to experience a oneness with God and a oneness with those around us. That love, that love is a special love because it protects us. And it protects us in a way that empowers us. It's not a protection in terms of pulling away into a monastic retreat or pulling away into a secluded world. It's not a a love that comes or that protects us by building walls. No, no, it's it's a love that protects us so that we can be empowered. What are you talking about, pastor? Listen to the way Jesus said it. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, the name which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except for the son of destruction that Scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus is referencing the fact that earlier in that evening, Judas Iscariot had, had gone to betray him, when even now, as he's praying, was in the process of, of preparing to come and, and betray Jesus but what Jesus is saying to the Father is, look, I, I've been here with them. I've protected them. And as I've protected them, I've taught them about the wholeness. I've taught them about the relationship. And, and now now that I'm coming with you, I know that that I'm asking you through your spirit to to not only protect them, but, but empower them. Because see, good protection, good protection doesn't protect people to keep them from experiencing life. Good protection protects people so that they will be empowered to live their life, to live their life in wholeness. This Mother's Day, my prayer for you is that you will know the joy of having been made whole and having been protected and not taught by a fear base, but, but taught by a faith base that, that the protection that was there for you at that season in your life is now a time for you to for you to be empowered. Many years after that summer conversation with my mother and her prayer for me, I I stood on the streets of Philadelphia near Villanova University. My oldest son was moving away from my geographic location for the very first time. He was the first of my family to live on the East Coast, to, to be someone who was there in the midst of a, of a university setting that, that he had never seen before. But he was excited. He was starting a master's degree, and, and we were excited for him, and we were thrilled for him. But I'll have to tell you, I felt all the feelings my mother had felt years and years earlier And I remember looking at him and having the same words come to my mind that she had prayed over me decades earlier. Son, remember who you are and remember whose you are. You see, parents, we don't protect our children to keep them from all the troubles of the world, but we don't throw them to the troubles of the world. No, we protect them from the troubles of the world while we can so that when we can't, they are empowered To know whose they are in Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus was praying for his disciples that day and what he has, by praying for them, prayed for you. The love of Jesus is like the love of a healthy mom. The love that makes us whole. The love that empowers us. And a love that actually brings fulfillment to us. Fulfillment that creates joy in our life. Not dysfunction. Not pain. But fulfillment that that creates joy that that rejoices in God. And rejoices in his work. And rejoices in what he wants for our life. Listen to the way Jesus put it. But now I'm coming to you Father. And these things that I'm speaking in the world where they can hear me, I'm speaking that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Your heavenly Father has no greater joy than watching you made whole, empowered, and fulfilled. Live with the joy of Jesus Christ in your life. Because when you do that, when in your wholeness you're able to discover a oneness with others, when in your wholeness and your oneness you, you realize that the protection that you've experienced was, was there to provide and empower you that when those protections were removed that now you are being protected not, not by the, the process but by the person of Jesus Christ. You discover who you really are and whose you really are. And I promise you, every mom who's listening to me today desires that for their children in the deepest heart of hearts. And every one of us, whether we've been broken or whether we've been made whole, has the potential in Christ to find that kind of connectedness. Jesus includes us. Notice, he didn't pray that we would be removed from the world. What he prayed was that in the world we would have this wholeness. We would have this sense of empowerment. We would have this sense of fulfillment because we have this relationship with him. See, his love calls us to a mission that sets us apart to share God's love with the world. Listen to the way he said it. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world... So I have sent them into the world, and for their sake I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. That word sanctify, what it really means is set apart, set them apart in the truth. Years ago, in fact, on my first Sunday as pastor at Eastside Church on a Mother's Day, my first Mother's Day here, I shared a reading from Robert Munch of a little book that At that time, my wife had been reading to our children since they were preschoolers. And today, I I thought it might be a good way to remind ourselves of how Jesus desires for us to be included and yet set apart. To be in the world, but not of the world. To find wholeness that brings oneness and empowerment that comes from our protection. To find a sense of joy by being fulfilled in our relationship with Christ so that like those first disciples, we could discover what it means to really be His. So listen to a little book that some of you know called I Love You Forever. And right now, if your children are near you, I'd encourage you, pull them together I know some of them have already been playing, they can't listen to me talk for that long. But moms, dads, if you could, in the next three or four minutes, if you could pull your kids together and listen, I think this will be meaningful to you. A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And while she held him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. The baby grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was two years old and he ran all around the house. He pulled all the books off the shelves. He pulled all the food out of the refrigerator and he took his mother's watch and flushed it down the toilet. And sometimes his mother would say, this kid is driving me crazy. But at nighttime, When that two-year-old was quiet, she opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of the bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. While she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always, as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be the little boy grew he grew and he grew and he grew he grew until he was nine years old and he never wanted to come in for dinner he never wanted to take a bath and when grandma visited he always said bad words sometimes his mother wanted to sell him to the zoo but at night time when he was asleep his mother quietly opened the door to his room Crawled across the floor, looked up over the side of the bed, and if he was really asleep, she picked up that nine year old boy and rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. The boy grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was a teenager. He had strange friends and he wore strange clothes and he listened to strange music. And sometimes the mother felt like she was living in a zoo. But at nighttime, when that teenage boy was asleep, the mother opened the door to his room, crawled across the floor, and looked up over the side of the bed. If he was really asleep, she picked up that great big boy and rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. That teenager grew. He grew and he grew and he grew. He grew until he was a grown-up man. He left home and got a house across town. But sometimes. On dark nights, that mom got into her car and drove all the way across town. And if all the lights in her son's house were out, she would put a ladder against the wall, climb the ladder, open his bedroom window, and crawl across the floor and look up over the side of his bed. If that great big man was really asleep, she picked him up and rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Well, that mother, she got older. She got older and older and older. And one day she called up her son and said, You'd better come see me because I'm very old and very sick. So her son came to see her. When he came in the door, she tried to sing the song. She sang, I'll love you forever, I'll like you for always. But she couldn't finish because she was too old and sick. The son went over to his mother and he picked her up and he rocked her back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and he sang this song, I'll love you forever like you for always, as long as I'm living, my mommy, you'll be. When the son came home that night, he stood for a long time at the top of his stairs. And then he went into the room where his brand new baby daughter was sleeping. He picked her up in his arms and very slowly rocked her back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while he rocked her, he sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. The pictures you've been seeing while I read you the story are pictures from moms from East Side Church and our church community. And in these you have been seeing the people who love and the people who are loved and even if your picture wasn't included we want you to know that you are loved and that your heavenly father and his son Jesus Christ and their Holy Spirit want you to know that you are included and you are loved And as long as you're living, they will be reaching out to you so that you would know that even though you're apart from them in the world, you are included through Jesus and what he has done to give us hope.